0: Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Regional Roundup with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent with the Straits
1: Times on Money FM 89.3.
0: Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time now for our regional roundup where we put the attention on Malaysia and Thailand. A uh, bit of political turmoil in these two areas. Uh, Malaysian politics continue to dominate the headlines. Prime Minister Mahirin Yassin's premiership hanging in the balance. It's also high stakes for UMNO because the ouster of Yasin Yassin would spell the fate of uh, not only Malaysia's government, but also the future of the once dominant party, And we see a lot of, uh, you know, probably some of the worst infighting that's going on within that party right now. There are even analysts that say that uh, the Prime Minister has several options on the table uh, to save his position. But which one can he realistically take? Over in Thailand, the Premier there in the spotlight for ordering a ban on disseminating information on COVID-19 that could potentially spread fear among residents only to revoke it after a court order. You also had his hands full with the Karmaw protest that took place just yesterday in the capital, Bangkok. Thousands of Thai anti-government protesters drove a convoy of cars and motorcycles through the city amid uh, rising anger over the handling of the coronavirus pandemic by the administration. Let's uh, dive into those two stories with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Leslie, good morning. Good morning, Elliot. Uh, thanks for helping us out with this story. Uh, and uh, gosh, uh, in Malaysia, we were just talking last week. You know, and we we keep using the words like "okay," Mohidin's fate is almost sealed. But then it seems that he's bought himself a little bit of time, claiming that he's still got a majority in parliament. Although it seems that it feels like it's the opposite. Uh, so you know, there is also this case of Amno making public signed letters withdrawing support for the premier uh, that was sent to the palace last week. I mean, how important were those letters? But why is Mohedin still in power?
1: Well, you know, he's managed to dodge several bullets, but you know, as the days go by, the walls appear to be closing in. Talking about the letters, Amno, uh, as reported, fourteen letters were sent to the king. Basically, stating that they have withdrawn their support for both Mohidin and the pre National Coalition government. Now, those letters have also been accompanied, now, we understand, by similar positions from another 105 MPs, giving that total number between 119 and 120, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how, which clearly suggests that Mohidin has lost the majority. Question now is, what happens when he has, or should he have his weekly audience with the king before cabinet meeting? It's going to be quite a drama-filled day today because we understand that you know, senior leaders from the coalition part- partners of the Perikata National Party will be descending in Kuala Lumpur today, if they haven't already, for meetings with Muhyiddin. Uh, but these meetings are set to take place later in the afternoon. But, you know, between then and now, a lot can happen. Wait, wait, and the, the crucial thing will be the king
0: Okay, wait, wait, wait. hang on, hang on So, yep. am I right to say that Just because he's bought time Till uh, next month Where there's this confidence vote It's still possible for Mohidin To have to step down before that
1: Well, you see, the thing is that This is where, you know, he's bought time For the confidence vote which is supposed to be held In September, but mm. given that there is this, There is this very, very Clear question now about his uh, legitimacy and whether he still enjoys the majority, which clearly from the letters suggests that he does not enjoy the majority. The king, the king can actually say, not uh, don't hold, don't not to hold back the confidence motion to September when the parliament sits in September, but actually order the prime minister to have one as early as next week, say next Wednesday, week from now. You know, so. A lot of things can happen, numbers, scenarios will play out, but like I said, you know, as each week goes by, you know, Muhyiddin pulls off a manoeuvre, but the walls keep closing in. So, you know, what we're seeing, I don't see a situation where, you know, unless the King does something highly controversial, like say, okay, you know, I agree that you don't have the majority, but I'll allow you to manage the situation until we can hold elections. Uh, that appears very, very
0: unlikely at this point. So there's a lot of uh, clarification that needs to happen. I mean, his deputy, Ismail exactly. Sabri Yaakob, last week insisted that 31 out of 42 amno BN lawmakers continue to support the coalition's move to form the Bahrain-led government, at least until there's fresh elections. But then there were three MPs among them insisting that they did not take such a position. Uh, Leslie, I hate to ask you an impossible question, but... What can Mohidin do to gain that confidence? I mean, it sounds like an impossible task right now.
1: Well, at this point in time, it is, you know, because, you know, this—it it is clearly a numbers game and the math doesn't add up for him at this point. You know, Ismail Sabri insisted that he's got 31 out of the 42 BN lawmakers. Uh, that would suggest that uh, there's 28, I don't know MPs from that number, but... That number is still up in the air. No one knows for sure. You know, but we do know that at least 14 Amno MPs have written to the king, okay. stating very, very clearly that they pulled out. How many more will join them from Amno? We don't know. Well, clearly there is a split in the party, yes. And but you know, so Amno becomes less of a force at this point, mm. less of a force in determining the outcome. So I can't see You know, an UMNO prime minister happening because, you know, in any event, it will be a very divided block of 38 elected members of parliament, a very divided one. So, you know, that party trying to take a lead, it seems, you know, it seems, I think, any kind of notion towards that end, it's kind of misplaced at this point. It's a weird time. I mean, when you consider...
0: You study the history of the formation of Amno back in secondary school <laughs> now it's come to this gosh. Let's go to Thailand where the Prime Minister Praet Chanocha recently revoked his order to ban the dissemination of information including news and content that could frighten the public during the COVID-19 pandemic. This was done on July 29th uh, for fear that this information could be distorted and cause any misunderstanding during the state of emergency. I mean, what, what led to this happening and then after that pulling, out, pulling back on this
1: decision, uh, Leslie? Well, you see the thing is that, you know, politics, just like in Malaysia, it's, you know, these showdowns tend to be a slow burn, you know, (laughs) but the spark, yeah, the spark that could trigger a tipping point, it's always something that is least expected. This crisis has been dragging on and there's anger, just like a lot of other countries in ASEAN, where, you know, the public have grown very, very frustrated, angry even about the government their respective governments handling of the of the pandemic and this crisis you know, which has caused quite a lot of anguish trauma you know serious uh national trauma in the form of you know deaths in families and all these kind of stuff and i think you know some may suggest that oh are the courts no longer with uh prime minister prayut but you know institutions can appear to be accommodative at one at a certain point but when they see you know mismanagement, bad handling of a situation, you know these institutions tend to you know mm. go with the public too. You know. mm. So this is this is how things pan out. Like I said, it's a slow burn, and when things change, they they change you know slowly. But when the tipping point happens, it can be very very quick.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really reflects what we're seeing in the world. I mean, when you look at the Western countries, especially in Europe, a lot of them have been uh, sort of demonstrating and rioting against certain measures, certain mandatory measures. And now in Asia, it's really more about the frustration, Malaysia, Thailand, where how governments are handling COVID-19. I mean, this this car mob rally that took place yesterday is probably the
1: least PM Priyut's concerns right now. Exactly. But, you know, it just shows how protesters are coming up with this kind of novel ideas to, to basically demonstrate, you know, their frustrations and anger. So we can, we, I think we can expect more of this in Bangkok, certainly, you know, and, you know, if the situation doesn't, you know, just like get better in Malaysia, I mean, you know, there's no saying that things won't go the same way too, you know. So, mm. so I think we need to watch these two places and, you know, as numbers continue to spike, and you know debt numbers also continue to rise, the public anger, understandably, is going to uh, rise in tandem.
0: Does it put pressure on his position,
1: SPM? For sure. I mean, you know, all of this puts pressure on any or would pres- put pressure on any leader, and we're seeing it. Right. You know, we're seeing that. Gosh,
0: we've been speaking with uh, Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for the Straits Times. Leslie, as always, appreciate your time. Take care and stay safe.